Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Alien Familiar RPG Podcast. I am Clayton. And before we get started, you can find show notes and more at alienfamiliar.com. You can email us at alienfamiliarmedia at gmail.com. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash alienfamiliar. And if you would like to help us out with supporting the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash alienfamiliarmedia. So if you enjoy our content and would like to help us out with hosting costs, any help would be greatly appreciated. So the last time I did a solo episode... I said it was the second in a three-part series. Astute listeners might have remarked something along the lines of, Wait, which was the first part? Clearly he doesn't mean the episode where he was alone and talked about the process of making a campaign setting. That episode didn't really inform anything on how to run the beginning of the campaign. Well, I distinctly remember that I had done a solo episode about how to do the beginning of a campaign. But when I was curating the archive for the website, I realized, in fact, that no such episode existed in the backlog. Now, because it is impossible that I could have made a mistake and never actually recorded the episode, I'm telling you that um, I have been a victim of the Mandela Effect. At some point within the last few months, probably sometime around uh, summer of 2019, I slipped out of my native parallel dimension and into this one, in which no such episode was ever created. So, because this parallel reality doesn't include the solo episode where I talk about the beginning of a campaign, I'm going to do so again. Now, what am I defining as the beginning of the campaign? Well, this is the easiest to define. Session 1 is the start of the campaign. So that's where the beginning starts. And then I would say that the end of the beginning, the beginning of the middle, or something like that, happens probably around level four, level five. Um, like I said in um, in the episode about the middle, middle of the campaign, um, middle is whenever the player characters start gaining some additional power. They gain access to, um, to really game-changing abilities in some form. Also, the middle of the campaign is when the players no longer need to be led by the hand at every point, um, at every decision point in order to make it through the campaign. They already know the rules well enough that they don't need to constantly be, re- be reminded of what the basic and core rules are. The beginning of the game is, in D&D terms, about levels one through four. Um, in Savage Worlds, this would be the novice rank. In a game like World of Darkness, this would be probably about the first 15 to 20 experience points. Um, in general, this is the first half dozen or so sessions of the campaign. Um, the player characters have generally completed the first arc of the campaign in the beginning, um, probably completing a couple of different quests. Um, I really like, in theory, how D&D tries to break up the beginning, middle, and end of the campaign in its level structure. And I want to emphasize that D&D tries to divide it up this way. Um, most games do not go from level 1 to level 20, or in 4th edition, from level 1 to level 30. Um, in the last 20 years that I've been gaming, I've only had two campaigns that have gone from character creation 
all the way to the upper echelon of character advancement for a particular game system. And both times that happened, it was in Savage Worlds, where player characters go from zero experience points, which is the novice rank character at character creation, all the way up until legendary rank. And even after reaching legendary rank, the game really didn't continue all that long after we had reached that rank. So not only do games not go from level 1 to level 20 or from character creation all the way up until the end of the rules for character advancement, most games, most campaigns don't go all the way to an end. Most games start and end up stopping prematurely for any number of reasons, some of which is the fault of the game, but most often it seems like the the reason why campaigns don't continue is there's some sort of real-life issue that comes up, players have to drop, too many players have to drop, the game master is not able to continue the game, any number of things could happen out of the game that causes the game to fizzle out. And because of this, the beginning of the campaign, because it is the point that every campaign starts, is the one that most GMs have the most experience with. Personally, I find that a lot of games kind of peter out somewhere around the middle, but I have had a few disastrous games that did not actually make it past the beginning of the campaign for whatever reason. So no matter what, campaigns will go through a beginning phase. Even if they crash and burn relatively soon, you will play through a significant portion of the beginning. And if the campaign does crash and burn, the reason is usually because of a reason that you can easily find out what happened, what went wrong. So what's some things that can go wrong? Well, I've had one of two things happen. One, the idea just doesn't hold my interest. Um, maybe I thought the idea was better than what it actually was. Maybe, maybe my idea for the campaign is not actually something that can be drawn out over an entire campaign. Um, it's an idea that would be better suited to doing a one shot where the player characters can start out at a particular relatively high level and do one particular thing, complete one crucial adventure. And whenever I get to the end of the inaugural adventure of the campaign or the first couple of adventures for the campaign, I've literally run out of ideas of how to bridge the gap from what I wanted as the beginning to what I wanted as this huge epic end, which is a particular problem in my particular, in my game style, because whenever I design a campaign, I meticulously create the first adventure and I have a pretty good idea of what I want the end of the campaign to be. And the entire rest of the campaign is going to be based on what the player characters do and don't do. I generally structure the skeleton of the campaign by figuring out what all is going to happen in the world 
if the player characters do nothing. So in this big epic game where a big bad evil guy is trying to take over the world, I create all of the steps that the big bad evil guy needs to do in order to accomplish his goal and set up all of the goals that need to be need to happen before the villain reaches their ultimate goal. And I design adventures around the player characters basically fucking it up, getting in the way. I long ago moved away from designing a campaign around figuring out what the player characters are going to be doing and structuring adventures around what I want them to do because player characters never do what the game master wants them to do. They always come up with unique solutions to problems that the one brain of the game master absolutely cannot fathom how they are going to logically get from step A to step Z because the player characters are going to have a million different alternatives that they're going to come up with during the course of play. This is just a factor of brain power where one game master cannot outthink four, five, or six players sitting around the table. And so for my, the way I design my campaigns, I allow their brain power to work for me. I, I represent the, the main evil force in the world. And that one person or that one organization's focus is on accomplishing their goal. And then the player characters can fuck it up however they feel is right. And usually they have much better ideas than I would have been able to come up with on my own, sitting in a vacuum, trying to plot out everything ahead in advance. So... The reason why a campaign can fail from not having anything in the middle is just I've not fully fleshed out what this campaign is going to be. I lose interest in it. I just, it gets to the point where I need to come up with the next big adventure because I need to think about how the player character's actions have influenced the overall scope of the story and either I'm coming up with a big, I don't know, my brain is fried from from other stuff going on in my life, or I realize that what I have planned, what I have set up, just bores me, and I lack all motivation to continue doing something that I see is lackluster, that I see is, well, not worth my time to develop because it was such a poor idea to begin with. The other reason why I've had campaigns just fall out is not because of a lack of interest on the on my part, but the lack of interest on the player's part. This might be due to maybe I pitched a game idea, and in practice, the game idea is different than what I had originally said. Um, I've tried to do like a switcheroo type game where the player characters create the game and come to realize that I pulled the wool over their eyes and had basically I lied to them about what the campaign was going to do and in order to trick them into finding something else about the world that completely shakes their character's reality and 
the players just aren't enthusiastic about the game anymore because it's not what I had pitched to them. It's not what I had told them that the campaign was going to be. And so the characters or the players lose interest. Those are really the two reasons why a game has ended of mine that isn't related to life happening outside of the game. Um, We have absolutely no control over life happening outside the game, but the vast majority of the games that have actually fallen apart generally do fall apart because it's something out of the control of everybody sitting around at the table. Maybe maybe there was um, a major life event that happened in a couple of players' lives, and they're not able to make the game anymore, or this event has impacted their lives in a way that they are just no longer feeling this type of game that we are playing now, and it really doesn't suit the state of mind that they are in. I try to respect that, especially if it's something that has happened to an individual. I try to work with them to try to try to get it fixed, but sometimes it happens to several people in the group. I mean, we usually play in a group of friends and the impacts in one person's life are typically impacts in everybody's lives. And it's, it's just something that we've got to figure out how to live with. And sometimes the way we have fun suffers and we've got to start over fresh with another campaign or another game or even taking a break for a while. That's just how it happens. So let's shift now from talking about why games may fail and start talking about what can be done to make sure that the game does succeed. Um, The first session is absolutely critical in making sure that a game is going to succeed. The first session needs to be fun. This is probably one of the most well-duh things I've ever said, um, but... This, I feel like this is something that really needs to be taken seriously. We play this game, we, we enjoy this hobby to have fun. And if I create a campaign and the first session just isn't fun, that's going to kill all enthusiasm for the campaign. It doesn't matter how good of a campaign I might have had planned. It doesn't matter how enthusiastic I might have been for this game. If the first session goes off like a wet fart, it's nigh impossible to come back from that. So the things that a first session should try to do is one, have fun, and then set the tone for what the entire campaign is going to be about. Um, The first session is critical because you are are setting all of the expectations expectations for the players and what they are going to be getting out of this campaign. Um, You're setting up whether or not this is going to be like a game of political intrigue, or you're setting up whether or not this is going to be a hack and slash game, or whether it's going to be a mindless dungeon crawl, or a sophisticated dungeon crawl where the player characters have to actually pay attention to what all is going on, put clues together. Um, it might be a game of, um, of political machinations where the player characters are either working together or at odds with each other at times to, um, to gain influence or power over other NPCs. 
all of these things should be things that are reflected in the first session. Um, I try to have my very first session be in some form a reflection of the campaign as a whole. Ideally, I like to have the first session kind of be a microcosm of what the whole campaign is going to be. And I might do this, for instance, like if I know that at the beginning of the campaign, I want to have the big bad of the campaign be an undead. I might make sure that I make the first session involve an undead creature in some way. Either the enemies of the camp of, I'm sorry, of the session be undead, or maybe the player characters interact with a necromancer. Um, if I'm running a main story where the main enemy is somebody who works behind the scenes and works from the shadows, the player characters might actually see and interact with that main antagonist before it is revealed in any way that they are the main antagonist. And I try to be subtle with this. I don't want this to be a character who, as soon as the player characters interact with it, they're like, oh, we're going to have to kill that guy later on in the campaign. I try to, I would, I would want to keep the interaction with this NPC at a minimum. Um, maybe just have that NPC be described in the background. Maybe that if, if it is somebody who is doing things from behind the scenes, maybe the player characters see somebody really important in a parade going through the streets and maybe that's a king going through the streets um, on his horse and behind the king is one of his advisors who is actually the puppet master behind everything that is going on behind the scenes. That way the player characters do see the character and I have an opportunity to describe a little bit of that character's apparent subservient role to the king. Or if I'm running a game where war is going to be a major factor in the game, um, then the first adventure will have something to do either taking place on a battlefield or a historical weapon will be important in some way. Maybe the player characters have to retrieve it or maybe they just it, a little piece of war trivia is important for the first adventure um, going on. I, I want to work some of the later themes of the campaign into the very first session in some way. Um, this is something that the player characters will probably not notice. Um, maybe they will, maybe they want, maybe they won't, but this is establishing foreshadowing. Foreshadowing is a huge deal in the literary world and in role-playing games. I feel like it's something that needs to be there in order to propel the narrative forward and show that the game master has been thinking about the game since the beginning that the game master has been thinking about the story of the game since the beginning because i hate to give the impression that i'm just making everything up on the fly sometimes i really am just making a lot of things up on the fly but i want to have some sort of a basis that I can point to as a through line that has been there since very early in the game, ideally from the first session that I can point to at the end of the campaign and, and look, point out all of these dots that were there, pro providing a coherent story from beginning to end. Because 
The reason why we play these games is we all want to be storytellers. The game master absolutely wants to be a storyteller. The players want to be storytellers. And part of telling a good story is having all of the literary pieces that go into a good story present even in this this collaborative tale that we are all putting our heads together and throwing out ideas and just seeing what sticks and what makes for a good story in the moment, but also have the Game Master having a way of making it all fit into the lar- a larger picture. Because the Game Master needs to be able to see a larger picture in order to influence things into a direction that is that it, that can provide a satisfying ending. So those are all the things that are in my mind whenever I'm creating the beginning of the campaign. But whenever it comes to the first session itself, um, I've got a few different ways that I've started campaigns. I'm sure there are more. Um, and I'll kind of talk about some of the strengths and flaws of, of the ones that I've used. Um, I've tried starting campaigns in Media Reich where there is action already going on and the player characters are just thrust into a situation and rather than choosing to go on an adventure, the adventure is thrust upon them. This is really good for getting things moving, getting things exciting, getting exciting things happening at the very start of the game so that everybody is amped up and the dice are rolling. You don't have the awkwardness of everybody sitting around staring at each other, trying to stumble through the introduction of their characters to each other. You have an action set piece going on and you can allow the players to get into their characters and show their characters being cool and doing, doing action packed things right off the bat. While I really do like this and I, I use it as often as, as I can, this type of beginning only works for high action games because you're setting that expectation immediately that this is going to be an action packed game. There is going to be things happening. There is, there's going to be something exciting happening and there's going to be a lot of fights and sometimes fights just aren't what the game is about. I feel like this is a really, this can be a really incongruous thing to have as a start of a lot of World of Darkness games, particularly like Vampire, because unless you're playing a game where a vampire where you are essentially playing superheroes who drink blood, you're not going to be playing a high action game. Um, combat is pretty lethal and things can get bad real quick. And it's, it's pretty poor form to kill the player characters in the first session. Especially if they spent a lot of time creating their characters up until this point. Um, next I've got the stereotypical, you all start in a tavern, you all start in a bar. While this is a trope for a reason, because this is where most player characters are going to be spending a lot of their off time is just sitting around at a bar drinking without a group of strong role players. This is almost, this can be excruciating to sit through. 
because all of the players are sitting around this table staring at each other. They haven't been given anything really to work with. They're just looking at each other and waiting for each other to make the first move. So if you are going to start it in a bar, for God's sake, design something, have something there going on that is interesting. And interesting doesn't mean some shadowy figure sitting over in the corner smoking. Something interesting means something busts in the front door and causes everything in the bar to have to act immediately. And this doesn't necessarily have to be combat. This could be there is a thing on the news that this terrible event is happening that is related to the plot. It could be that somebody rushes in and says, oh my God, somebody just got hit by a car out in the street. It needs to be something that happens that the player characters can then be proactive. They can get out there. They can use their their skills and abilities to affect the story and affect the world around them as soon as possible. The longer you sit there letting player characters sit there and stare at each other, the more painful and the more awkward the the entire situation is going to be. Um, The next one I've got here is there is a problem that brings the player characters together. I've actually got two breakdowns of ways that this is done, that I've done this. Um, The first is the classic, you are all brought before some sort of a quest giver, and you are told that your talents are needed, you are known well enough across the land that you have particular set of skills that are required for insert X quest here. There's a reason why this is done so often in movies is because it just gets the action going. It gets something happening where the player characters know, okay, we are big deals in this world. We can do things in this world and we are given an immediate goal to work toward. Because the very first session, the very beginning of the campaign, your players and your player characters don't know what they're going to be doing, usually. So giving them a focus is is absolutely imperative. A variant on this is to entrust one particular player character, or you can have an NPC do it, but it's less fun if an NPC is doing it. And you can have them go around and build the team. Back in the early uh, 2010s, um, the cartoon there was a cartoon of the Avengers that came out very shortly off the heels of Iron Man. And while the aired um, opening of the series started with the Avengers already assembled. There was something like six episodes that were available online that you could watch. And it was entire, those first six episodes were of Tony Stark going around and forming the Avengers, recruiting each of the members to the team. And this was available on Netflix. I don't know if it is still available, but I feel like this is one of the best ways that I've seen it in a TV show of building a team. Because they took the time to spread it out over six episodes, which in in terms of cartoons, these are half-hour episodes 
with commercials. So without the commercials, it's 20 minutes each. Six episodes, that's two hours of just building the team that was very, very well done. And I would recommend anybody who wants to learn about how to how to build a team, go and watch that for research. Um, kind of related to that is doing the beginning of the campaign in a series of vignettes where each, maybe each player character is given their own vignette or a couple of player characters who know each other are given a vignette where a little bit of their story is told. Um, Vampire, I love doing this. Um, Vampire is built around the idea of your opening vignette is how you became one of the kindred. Um, I've played in several vampire games where the first session, the storyteller would take us into, take us aside and basically play through us becoming a vampire, coming to terms with our embrace and learning a little bit about the awesome and dreadful powers that we now have. And this plays really well into making the first session or the first adventure be kind of in the mindset of a tutorial for the game setting and if you've got new players for the game itself. Um, if you've got new players to the game, the first adventure absolutely should be a tutorial that teaches how to play the system and teaches the world. If you're playing D&D and you've got brand new players who are new to the system, this is where they're going to learn how to how to make an attack roll. This is where they're going to learn how the spellcasting system works, if they've got a spellcaster, how some of their class abilities work, how rolling, um, rolling a skill check or an ability check or a saving throw works. So try to design your first adventure around allowing players to use those abilities for the first time. Even if you've got veteran players, this is a good idea just so that all of the players can get used to their characters and used to the rule systems that their characters use. Because it takes a very veteran player in order to, who has been playing long enough to know how each and every class works. And a lot of players who have been around for a while, they'll be wanting to try out new things. They'll be wanting to try out um, expanded rules that are available in the latest splat book. So there's always going to be somebody trying to learn something new about how the game system works or bringing something new into the game. And so that time period of learning is useful not only for the player, but also for the game master because the game master needs to be able to see how these abilities work, how they're going to be, um, how they're going to work together with all of the other uh, players' abilities. And that's just the stats that are on the sheet. That's completely ignoring the background. At the beginning of the campaign, ideally everybody has some sort of an idea of who their character is. They have some sort of backstory. But even veteran players need time in order to get into that character's headspace to really understand how that character is going to act until the game actually starts the background your backstory is all just theoretical the way they interact with the world is theoretical there is no 
there is no experience of the player interacting with the world through their character. So it can take some time to get your footing because you are literally putting theory into practice. If you're the type of player who likes to stretch themselves into uh, and play things that they're not used to, it can take a little while to to get used to thinking outside of your comfort zone, to, to think of things outside of the box that you're typically in. And maybe you're just wanting to try some sort of a concept that is interesting to you that you've never played before, and you need this time in order to get everything figured out because you're not going to know how your character is going to interact with all of the other player characters until you sit down and interact with them. Like I can create a character and you can create a character and we can decide all oh, these characters are brothers. They get along. They get along pretty well. They, they really like to, to joke around with each other. That's great for backstory, but until you actually sit around the table and do it, Saying and doing are two completely different things. And maybe you're just not actually going to have that kind of rapport with each other. Maybe there's going to be another player character there who plays very well off of your character and you hadn't seen that. And that new character becomes your best friend and this other character who you designed your entire backstories together you just don't click well together. The, the style in which the two of you are playing just doesn't mesh well. And so you don't really spend all that much time in character interacting just because it's just not there whenever you're portraying the characters. Or worst case, you realize that your character isn't going to work. Either their skill set just isn't what the group needs, isn't what the story calls for or maybe it's just something that you really can't play or isn't something that's going to be fun to play out in the long term maybe the character concept would have been better for a one shot rather than an entire campaign maybe you've designed a character who is supposed to be this meek and shy person who doesn't really speak up they try to be basically a wallflower and you're trying to do this because it goes against your personality type. But two sessions into it, you realize, oh my god, this is so much against my character type and against what my what my group is needing because my group has come to rely on me to be one of the people who do a lot of the interaction with the P with the NPCs, and your character is just not doing it, and there's not really anybody else whose characters are designed to step up and do that, well, it might be a good time to change your character. Um, that's one of the things that I try to do at the beginning of the campaign is allow the players enough time to really get a feel for their characters and to work out whether or not their character is going to work. And if it comes up that honestly the character is just not going to work for the campaign, I'm usually fine with letting the players switch it up either change the concept of the character keep most of the things the same with the character just tweak a few things something that isn't just a reskin but a completely new person of different gender and different completely different ability set that's fine um it's one of the things that i as game master have to deal with 
And I would rather deal with that than having a player sit around at the table and have a character that they don't like that they are playing because sooner or later, either that player is going to come to not enjoy the game because they're playing this character that they don't want to play, or the player is going to find a way to get that character killed. And either way, they're going to end up playing a new character. So really what I view the beginning of the campaign as is the chance for the game master to get their footing in the world, the players to get their footing in the world, and to set the baseline of what the campaign is going to be. And if you can get through that and still have your own enthusiasm and the player's enthusiasm for the game, there's a good chance that the game will progress into the middle stages and eventually turn into a great campaign. So those are the types of things that I think about. I would go into geek things, but since this is the holiday season, instead of doing that, I would like to request that anyone who is listening to this, since we're at the end of the episode, to um, as soon as the episode is over, whatever podcatcher you are listening on, please go and rate this show because uh, that's one of the ways that other people can find out about the show and we can increase our popularity. Um, So if you want to give me some sort of a gift for whatever holiday you are celebrating, if there is a holiday that you are celebrating, if it's Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or Saturnalia or whatever, um, if you would want to give me something, give me a review. Um, And with that, Thank you very much for listening. I've had enough of this bullshit, and I'm going to go and roll some dice. This has been a production of Alien Familiar Media. You can find past episodes and more at alienfamiliar.com. You can email us at alienfamiliarmedia at gmail.com. This production is protected under a Creative Commons non-commercial attribution, no derivatives license. Music for this episode is Suburban Outlaw by Forget the Whale and can be found at freemusicarchive.org.